You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show. This is this is actually a first. We we haven't done this before. We've never had the same guest on the show two weeks in a row. But we got so excited talking to Rob Walsh last week that we decided to get him back on him to do a little Thanksgiving special. So I'm saying we. Dan's not actually here yet, but hopefully he'll join us. But hello again, Rob. Are you all right? Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So yeah, we thought there's no one better to talk to us about Thanksgiving than than you. So. Well, we've got so much we want to talk to you about still. So we're going to, I think we might have to make you a bit more of a regular guest over the next few weeks if we can take up some more of your time. (laughs) Being the available American, I guess I'm I'm elected. I'll tell you, here's a mystery to me, though. In Ireland, and I guess in England, too, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but somehow you have Black Friday sales. And how that, that doesn't make any sense to an American because Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving when everybody's off and hanging around the house with nothing to do. And that's sort of where this shopping frenzy came from, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah so it's how, true. <laughs> how is it that you imported uh, Black Friday without the Thanksgiving? I don't get it. Yeah, it's just an opportunity for everyone to try and sell you something, isn't it? <laughs> we um, it's quite funny the whole Thanksgiving thing because, like you said, we don't celebrate it at all in the UK. But because I'm working for an American company now, like everyone's going to be off tomorrow and Friday, but I I still have to carry on. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we were we were being thankful about getting the hell away from y'all English folks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why would you celebrate it? But uh, I've, I've had a very eventful first Thanksgiving here in my new home in Ireland. Um, I thought I would get a fresh turkey, which is, you know, what we like to do back home. And so I went to my local supermarket uh, where the, the butchers have been great about getting me whole, whole pork shoulders and whole beef shoulders and 
you know, all these cuts that I can't find in the butcher case. So I had every reason to believe they would help me out here. So I said, can you get me a fresh turkey? They said, yeah, sure. Said, we'll have to order it. It'll take a couple of days. I said, okay. I was, you know, weeks in advance. And they said, okay, we'll get it Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And I said, okay. So, well, what what do you want? I said, well, I want about a 15-pound turkey. So what's that? Like, you know, seven kilos, that neighborhood. Said, okay. So uh, they call me yesterday and they say, your turkey, your fresh turkey's here. It's like, hooray. But there's a bit of a problem. Oh, what's the problem? Well, it's not 15 pounds. It's 15 kilos. <laughs> so you're kidding. So so I took my tape measure and I measured my, um, I'm sorry, dinky European oven <laughs> in my rent house. And then I went down to the meat market and I measured this 30-pound turkey and discovered it was a good four inches bigger than the, the uh oven so uh i had to say gee i can't use this turkey the thing looked like i it, it looked like a, a sheep or something i mean it was just enormous <laughs> you know i i couldn't believe it so they said well we could we could put it in our ovens here and cook it for you I said well you know that's not exactly the thanksgiving tradition right you know have the market cook the yeah. turkey for you so so anyway, I went and found a frozen turkey, which uh, I'm now speed defrosting, and uh, which uh, we should have uh, in good shape for tomorrow's cooking. But, you know, it kind of brought to mind some uh, American turkey cooking disasters. Um, I wonder if you've ever seen any of the videos of the Cajun fried turkey disasters. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, I think I have, actually. I think I've seen some on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's sort of in the realm of outdoor cooking, so I'll just touch on it lightly here, and your uh, listeners can go uh, look at YouTube for uh, Cajun turkey frying. Um, so so what happens is, I, I've made this before. It's just wonderful. You take a, a smallish turkey, you know, 12-pound-ish, and... Uh, and you uh, inject it with this Cajun flavor injector, which looks like a giant herp hypodermic needle, and you fill it up with apple juice or chicken stock or garlic, whatever. And uh, and you inject the turkey all around, and then you you the idea is you're going to lower this turkey into a vat of boiling oil. Peanut oil is is suggested. Now, if you're <laughs> If you're not paying attention, there's many things that can go wrong here. The first first thing you want to do, really, if you're doing this right, is you pour water into the pot, and uh, and then you lower the turkey into it, and then take a measurement. You you know you want several inches lower than than the uh, top of the pot, and then you measure that amount of water, and then that's how much oil you're going to use. Now, if you're if you're not paying attention and you just put the oil in there and then get it boiling and lower the turkey in and you haven't measured properly and the oil overflows the pot, well, then you've got a lot of boiling oil going into a propane fire. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the Which carnage begins. <laughs> Which is going to result in a rather large ball of flames. So... Um, 
And uh, I guess some of the videos online, you know, everybody wants to, to video this exciting, you know, way of cooking the turkey. So there's, there are, there's great records taken of these events. Then some guys are doing it in their garage, you know, lower it in there, boom, flames come up and their whole garage is on fire. You know, <laughs> the video goes all the way through till the fire department gets there. And the other, the other possible disaster, uh, even if you measure your oil carefully, but you haven't completely defrosted your turkey, if you lower a frozen turkey into a pot of boiling oil, it too will explode <laughs> and, and send oil into the fire and, uh, and also result in a giant fireball. So... All of which don't make for a great Thanksgiving, I guess. <laughs> Exciting, yeah. you know. You could get a lot of YouTube views, but yeah. but anyway, speaking so so these these videos got so many YouTube views that these uh, various people, particularly uh, radio uh, DJs, morning show guys in particular, started staging these um, turkey safety videos. <laughs> <laughs> in which they would purposely blow up the the turkey and the pot of oil on sometimes on an elaborate set with living room sofas and all sorts of other uh you know for unlikely uh settings so yeah. uh, so anyway yeah the uh the the cajun fried turkey is uh is one of those great outdoor cooking legends but uh but the smoked turkey um is is a thing of wonder and for uh those of us who barbecue um every time i do it for thanksgiving or uh, christmas i think geez why don't i do this all the time because because a barbecue turkey is just uh so moist and so tasty and uh it's you know every part of it just comes out great so i do do you smoke turkeys much yeah, definitely. But but like you said, it's one of these things where it's Christmas time and you're doing it, and you think, why do why do we only do this at Christmas? Because actually, everyone loves it. It tastes really good. And yeah. I do have a bit of a thing of poor. Tur- why do we only use turkeys at Christmas? Why can't we use turkeys all year round? Well, I have started uh, when when I'm going to fire up a barbecue. Um, I may be making you know a. a beef tenderloin or uh, pork uh, butt or whatever I'm making, I tend to buy a turkey crown because just because they have them at, at my uh, supermarket, they're like 10 or 11 euros for, uh, you know, it's just the most of the breast. Uh, they call it a turkey crown. And uh, I put that on the, I put that on the grill along with whatever else I'm smoking. And then I, uh, it's my kid's favorite lunch meat, smoked turkey. So I just take this boneless piece of turkey and I, I have a meat slicer, which is I, I find indispensable. And I thin, thin slice this uh, smoked turkey and put it on the kid's sandwiches. And, uh, you know, the other thing is when you smoke it, it just has a, has a longer shelf life. So it's just, uh, it's just great stuff. Yeah. A meat slice is something that I keep meaning to get myself because... I, think, I don't have, really have room for one in the kitchen, but I think it's one of those things that you really should have. If you're going to do like your own pastrami or something like that, it'd be the perfect way to cut it, wouldn't it? Well, you know, the meat is the first thing you think of. The roast beef uh, is, is, you know, you, you cook a roast beef to medium or medium rare, and uh, 
if you've got any left after dinner, you slice that the next day cold and just shave it. Oh God, that's just wonderful stuff. And I also, I buy a lot of, uh, my kids love uh, salami, like the Hungarian style salami. And it's, it's just way tastier when you slice it really thin. But the surprise uh, thing that we use the, the meat slicer or the slicer for all the time is bread. So if you make homemade bread or, or you buy, you know, kind of lumpy sourdough, uh, you can cut it into really nice thin slices for sandwiches on the slicer. So, uh, it's uh, it has all sorts of wonderful uses. Yeah, yeah, hey, definitely. Maybe I'll put it on my Christmas list. We'll look out for it on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're not going to cook your turkey on the barbecue then for Thanksgiving? No, you know, uh, it's if I was well, I'm I'm between houses at the moment is the real problem. I've got my barbecue stuff. I've moved over to my new house along with uh, I just built a poly tunnel and. I'm already, we're ready to move in there December 1st, but we've got some guests and, uh, and we're making Thanksgiving at the rent house that we're just about to move out of. So I sort of have half my kitchen stuff in one place and half in the other. Normally I would, uh, roast a, a traditional turkey in the oven with stuffing, which seems to be, uh, my, my family demands and then put another turkey on, on the smoker. Um, but, uh, this year it looks like, uh, I'm just going to be doing the oven. Okay. All right. Then here's the big question. Do you brine or not? Yes. I almost always want to brine a turkey except, you know, in the United States now, almost all the meat we buy in the grocery store is already quote enhanced end quote, which means it's shot, shot up with potassium and, uh, sodium and then uh it's got every bit of brine in it that they can possibly you know get in there because it's adding you know 15 percent weight to the meat and uh, making a bit a bigger profit for uh pork chicken and and turkey producers so um the problem is it's pointless to brine something which is already brined to the hilt you know mm, yeah interesting so so you think that it's almost pre-brined? Yeah, well, it's, it's exactly pre-brined, yeah. So you'd have to go out of your way to try and find some just natural good uh, turkey. Yeah, well, yeah, and chicken is, is the bigger problem. Um, I, I, I don't remember the statistic. It's uh, Americans, uh, you know, eat something like, uh, you know, buy something like $3 billion a year, $4 billion a year worth of chicken, and you figure 15% of that is water. Yeah. Yeah, and I've, many, yeah, I've seen stats similar to that. How many billions of dollars do they spend on water? There's a couple of brands of, of chicken which market themselves as, uh, you know, un, unenhanced. Uh, Sanderson, I think, was the name of one of them. Um, but you really have to go out of your way to get uh, chicken in particular that hasn't been enhanced, as the industry likes to call it. Um mm. It's, uh, I mean, now they argue uh, that in taste tests, customers prefer the enhanced chicken product to chicken that hasn't been, hasn't been brined. But, um, and, you know, it's true, it stays moister. But the thing is, you know, I'd rather buy it and brine it myself. And, you know, so so I'm not paying 15% more for every piece of meat I buy, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Right, so what's what's your kind of go-to sides for Thanksgiving? We've got the turkey there all ready, but what are you going to serve up with the turkey? Well, the the uh, I mean, the, the typical stuff, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy and all that's easy enough. The tough things were cranberry sauce. Um, I... I looked high and low for cranberry sauce. I found some at Tesco, um, which is kind of more of a little sweeter and more jam like than I'm used to. So my wife was just in the state, so she brought back a couple of cans of cranberry sauce. But uh, my my mom makes a cranberry relish where you basically put cranberries and oranges, like whole oranges, peel and all, well cut up, but including the peel. And in a Cuisinart, and you you grind it up, and it makes this delightful relish. Uh, nice. It's completely uncooked, um, but uh, but very good. So um, we. So, so what uh, goes into that? You said it's whole oranges. Whole oranges, cranberries. Uh, I'm sure there's some sugar. I don't have the recipe in front of me, um, but it's it's relatively simple. Um, but it's just a. Uh, I mean, you can look it up cranberry relish uh, look up the recipe somewhere but um but it's really nice but the problem was there's no i mean in the states i make it with fresh cranberries but there's no fresh cranberries in the store here but i did manage again at the tesco to find frozen cranberries whole cranberries and uh we figured that'll that'll work fine yeah we have in our in my local sainsbury's store they do have fresh cranberries but only only like really near to christmas so like now there's still not any there but i bet next week they'll all be in there yeah it's um here in uh western ireland i haven't seen any so yeah i just dan's online now so i'm just gonna add him into the call so we should, hey dan we should uh we should probably prank him or something pretend we're really angry with him for turning up late hello <laughs> we're really angry of you for turning up late sorry god darn it <laughs> you can't keep a, a man of Rob's status waiting around for you, Dan. Is your, uh, your last name I is Shaheen? I apologize. Hey, Dan, your last name is Shaheen? Yes. Are you acquainted with Jim Shaheen, who writes the Smoke Signals column for the Washington Post? Do what's funny is I'm, I'm friends with Jim Shaheen on, on Facebook, weirdly because of the circles, I guess, we're all in. And then weirdly because of our second names, I guess. Uh, but I don't. I don't actually know him. No. But I actually, <laughs> actually have him on my face. I've seen it um, uh, pop up a couple of times in conversations and stuff. So, so yeah. Jim is a, a very old friend of mine, and he he sort of got me started in food writing. Bless his heart. So he's uh, oh. and he's the barbecue columnist at the Washington Post. So you guys have a lot in common. Ah, right, cool. Well, we'll get, get in touch with him yeah, as well. Get him on, Dan. <laughs> get, get your mate on, Dan. <laughs> My long-lost uncle or something, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, he, he teaches journalism at, the, I believe it's the University of Syracuse, so uh, oh. um, maybe go take a class or something. Yeah, we'd love to. <laughs> well, you've, you've missed out on all of our fun talk so far, Dan, so you're going to have to listen back to the podcast, but we've talked, talked about... Um, We've talked about blowing up your house using a turkey fryer, and we've talked mm-hmm. about making our own cranberry relish. So, got any? Have you got anything to bring uh, to our Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving isn't it? Yeah, we're talking all Thanksgiving. So now you're up okay. to speed. 
your turn. Ask a question and see if we haven't already spoke about it. (laughs) So uh, so Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, the other day posted something uh, and it was was a smoked turkey. And and what he did is, is for like an hour before he put it in the smoky, he put like a, a, a pack of ice over the breast area. And he had trussed the bird up, so uh, and obviously, and I was watching and thinking, "What's he doing?" And then it clicked afterwards. Obviously, he's trying to cool down the breast before he put it in the smoker to even out the cooking time. And I found that really interesting. I've never seen it done before. Uh, I, I personally like to spatchcock my turkeys, or so, uh, there's other ways to do it. But I thought that would be a really interesting thing to try out and see how that works out. If it works out for Doctor Barbecue, I'm sure I could give it a try. You know, I, I discovered years ago that uh, the the easiest way to deal with the different cooking times of the breast and the dark meat on turkey or chicken is to just cut the two apart, <laughs> remove the breast when it's done, and leave the dark meat on there. <laughs> so that would make a lot of sense. That could work as well. <laughs> and I, I learned it because I was writing a story once about poulet de breast, the, the fabulous, expensive uh, French chicken, which is very, mm. very, very expensive. And uh, I ate poulet de breast at several restaurants, and it was always, you know, the, the, the breast meat was just dry. And it's like, golly, you know, this this incredible chicken and I, you know, I got it. I mean, the, the dark meat was fabulous. It kind of reminded me of duck. It was just so rich, you know, but uh, finally uh, a chef friend in Berlin took me to a restaurant in Berlin. He says, these guys will cook it perfectly. And we went in, they, uh, we waited, you know, we had a long first course because it took a long time to roast it. They brought it out to the table. It was absolutely beautiful. They sliced, the breast meat and served it to us. And then they whisked the, the bird away. And what they did was separate the, separate the breast and return the dark meat to the oven and sort of served us a second, uh, a second course of the dark meat. But um, yeah, that's, that's a, uh, there's, there's many ways around that, but that's uh, always a problem that the, the breast meat and the dark meat are done at different times. Yeah, I just never seen that done before, which is why it grabbed my interest. Really, yeah, I was just thing, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 and just thought, well, someone, uh, someone like uh, Doctor Barbecue surely knows what he's talking about. So I thought, oh, it'd be interesting to give it a go and see how it works. But you uh, going on the just jumping in is quite a funny story because you had just mentioned uh, uh, Poulet, the, the French. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> We, we had a, a, a funny story of when we were actually filming for Channel 4 and uh, and the whole day we were actually having a, we were having pusing, which is baby chicken. And they were cooking baby chickens and uh, all day on camera, Ben was calling it on fish instead of pusing. But he was referring it to a fish all day in French. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I kept on trying to like... Uh, to say to him and he just kept on forgetting so he was just calling his fish a chicken all night and it was hilarious yeah, yeah it's just poisson not poussin <laughs> <laughs> those french people are wily with that poussin, poussin. <laughs> <laughs> and poulet as well to add that into the mix <laughs> yeah dan's never let me forget that one i was just about to bring it up dan but you, i didn't need to you did it for me <laughs> I didn't know that we ever had the chance to really bring it up in a podcast before, so I thought that was yeah. the perfect, uh, <laughs> perfect time to do it. 
Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> I'm sure I'll never hear the end of it from everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I finally made it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe I could cut that bit, I don't know. <laughs> right, we're, we're getting close to the time where Rob needs to shoot off to the train station, so have you got like a last Thanksgiving message you want to give us, Rob? Oh, uh, Merry Thanksgiving to all and to all a good night or something like that. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's turned into um, every, American Thanksgiving. Uh, they added this feature in, in my later years, which uh, I'm kind of getting tired of, where everyone goes around the table and says what they're thankful for, you know. And uh, it used to be kind of lighthearted, but it got, you know, I, I have one brother who, you know, does a 10 minute prayer when it's his turn, you know. So uh, we've all uh, we've all sort of rebelled from the, uh, you know, what we're thankful for thing. And uh, now we're all just, you know, thankful for Turkey. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to suggest that was how we end the podcast. We want to go around and give no, thanks. I'm suggesting that that's exactly how we don't end the podcast. <laughs> Thank God for that. Whatever it is you're thankful I'll second that. Thankful deep in your heart and, uh, and spare the rest of us. And, <laughs> and enjoy, eat Kentucky. Yeah, and enjoy your Black I'm, Friday I'm sales. I'm thankful for barbecue, okay? I'm thankful for barbecue. Me too. As long as Thank- Ben's not cooking. And thank you for the poisson. <laughs> you know, baby chickens, fish, I like them both. So yeah. you can't go wrong as far as I'm concerned. If you let a baby chicken go off, it does smell a bit like fish as well. So here we go. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just cook it really badly. Which is what you normally do, Dan. <laughs> chicken. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Rob. We, um, this has been a nice little Thanksgiving special. We'll let you have a little break now before we say, Rob, can you come on the podcast again? <laughs> but but we'll get you back on because after the, we finished the last podcast, me and Dan then spoke for about an hour afterwards, which normally we just go to bed because it's usually like 1 a.m. for Dan. But we just carried on our talk for ages afterwards. We we're like, we definitely need to get Rob back on because we started going into the depths of Tex-Mex and how it was defined and all the rest of it. We're like, we should really be asking the guy that's got a Tex-Mex restaurant, really. Well, you know, what we really need to do is uh, get together in person and do this over a round of margaritas. That sounds very good. (laughs) All right, I'm booking my flight now. Yeah. (laughs) That's all right, Dan, we'll come to you. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks again, Rob. Uh, Let you go before we make you late. But later guys we'll, we'll speak to you again soon have a good thanksgiving you be too, thankful yeah. have a happy black friday and you and maybe even go into cyber monday wow <laughs> <laughs> see you later bye Jazzy. you're listening to united q podcast We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. 
From smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.